The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys in the SWBC studio. I'm Nicole Hutchison alongside Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, <laughs> and Christy Scales. Ladies, how are y'all doing today? I went a different way today. But That's it's okay. Right. It's okay. Sorry. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. It's nice to have a three-day weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. That was awesome. I felt good, relaxed. Got to see my friends. I think that's what it is. Oh, I know. I refreshed. Yeah, Yeah. and imagine the players after three games and twelve days, and (laughs) afterwards, coaches saying, "Yeah, you could tell that there were heavy legs and tired legs." Yeah. Especially the second half of that uh, game uh, Thursday uh, against Seattle. So for Seattle as well, but that is a lot to ask of NFL players, and the Cowboys do it basically every year. Year, but this is almost like a coming off of a mini buy. Mm-hmm. Also, a little more time. They're self scouting every week that uh, Mike McCarthy talked about today in his press conference. But being able to uh, look a little harder, being able to use it during practices during the week and kind of focus on things during the week, that's what's different than when you're in that three game and 12 day stretch or even just the the routine of uh, October and November games. So I think it uh, serves the Cowboys well going into this really tough stretch of December games. Yeah, Stefan actually uh, talked to me about it in the uh, locker room last week, and he said that, man, I got to get massages every day. I got to get in the ice bath every day because he was like, I'm not like I used to. I can't move like I used to. But, you know, it just takes a toll on the body um, playing that many games in a short amount of time. But before we break down, you know, last Thursday's win over the Seahawks, we got some news. I don't know if the people hearing right listening to us right now um, got a chance to hear that news but Shaq Leonard is going to the Eagles he signed a one-year deal uh y'all's thoughts on that I mean I know Aisha did not want to see him going to the Eagles when we the report yeah I didn't I didn't want to deal with it but honestly (laughs) watching Philly's linebackers get toasted to shreds last night they they uh they need all the help they can get so more power to yeah them. they they do they have an issue with depth <laughs> at, at linebacker Cunningham's out with a hamstring injury and then Nicobe Dean was was already out they he's had Morrow and yeah. so uh Shaquille Leonard whether he's able to play this week or even the rest of the year he's coming off some you know he's has an injury history going mm-hmm. back to last season and was more limited in his playing time this year but but they really do need um uh, depth at, at linebacker so yeah. and, and it's cheap you know for them basically um, a one-year deal the 1.08 million dollars if you uh, do that prorate it down for the rest of the season it's basically three hundred thousand dollars so mm. a low risk investment by Howie Roseman and the Eagles and possibly a high reward all right, you see this page? Yeah, I'm confused with what you're doing. We're going to turn the page because it's done, it's over with, and there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> are you, are you, are you you're, you're, you're uh, upset with him because he chose Eagles or <laughs> just? Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. Oh, well. Of all teams, of all weeks, yeah, a little bit. So we're turning of the page. Of all weeks. <laughs> I mean, really, 
Exactly. <laughs> it was either week nine or this week. But to be fair, we talked about this. Yeah. He weighed out his options. Good for him for making a decision that he feels best suits him. Wasn't the Cowboys? We turned the page. Well, and you look at what you have in the room now. You have a Marquis Bell, mm -hmm. which gives you really good hope for a future ahead. You have a Damone Clark who has taken this really huge step that I don't think people appreciate enough in terms of his diagnosing and his communicating. You have a room already that, yes, it's thin, but it has been able to show you time and time again that you can bend, you just don't break. So you turn the page, you move forward, and it is what it is. But the draft, waiting for that. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely going to be getting into linebacker film yeah. uh, pre-draft. But also, too, I wanted to add on, it also matters how the Cowboys play defense. Mm -hmm. And um, every player is going to bet on themselves. Like, he, he definitely feels as though he's still a starter in this league. And when you come into this Cowboys defense, it's not a guarantee you're going to mm -hmm. start. It doesn't. It's not a guarantee that you're going to be always on the field because Dan Quinn uses these guys very interchangeably. You have, and I have talked to some of the linebackers on the team about this, is that it is different being in a system where you're a true linebacker and sometimes you are sharing snaps with a safety. It's mm -hmm. just the, nat the nature yeah. of this system. So it could also been, be that he knows when he's over there, he may not be coming off the field that much. And here, he's going to have to take those opportunities when they come. I know, I would argue that would be a better situation for him. <laughs> but do as you will. He's betting on himself to play well, and Philly's going to definitely probably use him um, often, often yeah, in yeah. this system. And, and there's familiarity with that Eagle staff and their ties to the Colts and when he was there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he made yeah. the best decision for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. hopefully, you know, the Cowboys can make sure that they remind him of why he should have chose the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. But before we, before we get to that, before we get to that, we still got to talk about the Seahawks win. Mm -hmm. uh, the Cowboys now nine and three in the season. Uh, another great performance from, of course, this offense. Uh, another forty-point game that they put up points on an AT&T Stadium to extend that home win streak to fourteen wins, y'all. Uh, let's start with this offense. Um, I mean, for me, I'll kind of just start with me. One thing that I kind of noticed that this team does a lot is that they're um, starting to disguise what they do offensively, right? Where, it's, where they're adding a lot more like pre-snap motion, uh, pre-snap movement, but it's gotten better to the point of where it's it's giving um, guys or opponents a much harder time to see what they're trying to finally. do. Like, see, yeah, finally, fine. Like, <laughs> see, they're they're paying so much more attention to what CD Lamb's gonna do, um, and, and they're giving up opportunities for like Brandon Cook. So there was one play in particular in second drive. Um it was a lot CD had showed some movement and Gallup was inside. Um and he basically took away the safety that was Quandre Diggs. Um and it was basically a beautiful ball by Dak um in in traffic. Uh, and just things like that I've noticed um that this team does a lot better of is just using that pre-snap pre-snap movement to really kind of cause havoc for that defense and i think that's what's given this team a lot more success yeah post by man like yeah listen listen good offenses good offensive coordinators <laughs> steal and that's okay I mean when you look yeah. across the league this Cowboys also did something in the offseason that I think is a little understated is how mm -hmm. many how much change they made to their data and analytics team and the analytics tell you that motion pre-snap motion a lot of the offenses that operate at a high level mm -hmm. they do that at a high clip and it's really because when you have some of the best defenses you go up against the Cowboys defense struggles with motion yeah. and stuff like that too it's all around the league so for Mike McCarthy to take on you know, 
that post by and see he and he and Shotty because Schottenheimer mentioned it um, in one of his pressers for them to take that on and add that to this offense it takes pressure off of mm -hmm. your quarterback to do everything also too it also makes things easier for your offensive line your running backs everyone that's involved so I believe if I'm not mistaken I have to find the number but I believe mm -hmm. in the Seattle game they use like 70 percent yeah. motion on like 70 percent upwards of 70 percent um, on each play and it's just keeping up with the times being um, adaptive to what the league asks calls for but it also just puts a lot of stress on the defense and it, it helps with spacing which is what the Cowboys struggle with to start the season spacing it was a huge problem where you had receivers in the same spots or in similar in it and that caused some congestion as well so I'm, I'm glad that they decided to do that and it's paid dividends so far with this offense things are just clicking you are mm -hmm. seeing everybody come into December football form mm. at the right time. And something that Brian Schottenheimer said today, um, I asked him about the run game specifically because, like we've talked about, Mike McCarthy has divvied up the season into three trimesters. Mm. Uh, the second one has officially come to a close with the Seattle game. You're now officially the third trimester of the season. For the Cowboys, how they kind of analyze where they are individually uh, as rooms and, and just as a unit as a whole and what you're seeing now, and, and I thought this was fantastic from Shoddy, is the offensive line really makes more of an impact than people would like to give it credit for. And specifically, you know, you look back, you take it further back to training camp, and this offensive line didn't have a full training camp together. That starting unit did not have that time that others did around the league. And then what? They've only played five games together so far, and this is the co this is the cohesion you're seeing from them. And then look what that's done. That's opened up the run game. Since the last time the Cowboys have played the Eagles, they've had at least 100 yards rushing since week nine. Mm. Again, improvement. And again, the same time, that's where the cohesion comes from, from that offensive line, which in turn opens up less pressure, like you said, Aisha, for Dak Prescott to feel like he has to be play hero ball and he has to be the one making these big chunk plays all the time. He's doing it because he wants to and he feels comfortable to, not because he feels like he has to save the game. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of this credit that you're seeing go around Yes, it goes to Dak Prescott, it goes to the receivers, it goes to Brian Schottenheimer, it goes to Mike McCarthy's play calling, but don't forget the offensive line when you're giving your flowers to what this offense has done over the course of the last few weeks since the bye week. Yeah, and Schottenheimer also, in talking about the offensive line in the run game, said that the way the NFL is now in terms of what you can and can't do in terms of tackling and hitting and all that in the offseason and in training camp, it just takes longer for the run game to get established because mm -hmm. uh, you can't practice the way you used yeah. to. And to mm -hmm. Jess's point about not having the continuity of the offensive line, but the other thing that he said that kind of made my ears uh, perk up a little mm -hmm. bit was he was talking about the unselfishness that it takes yeah. to have a good run game. Mm -hmm. And he specifically mentioned Michael Gallup, like with crackback blocks. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, was, and it's just, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's something that we've talked about Gallup. I think we talked about him on uh, Friday, mm -hmm. in fact, after yeah. the Seattle game, uh, that, you know, he's not showing up in the stat sheet in, in, uh, 
the passing game, but is still able to contribute like that. And so um, there, there are a lot of factors that go uh, into all of it. But you're right, Jess. I think most people are pointing to the continuity of the offensive line, not just in terms of the running game being better, but certainly uh, Dak having a, as much time as he's had to, uh, you know, air out the ball down yeah. the field and not just the dink and dunk kind of offense that is often associated with the West Coast. Is there anything that's still lacking from this offensive line? Is there anything that you feel like they can still improve on? Because to me, yes, but I, I don't know. I just feel like they're playing their best right now. That, yeah. That's just me. Run. I think this is their best that they're they're playing this season. When I went back and watched this game, um, the interior of the Seattle defense really gave them some trouble. And when I think – what comes into play is some of the things you two ladies were talking about where it's some, sometimes it's the communication. Sometimes it's uh, gap exchanges and teams are stunting and stuff like that. So the communication to you guys' point, the continuity and stuff is important. But with this offensive line, I, I do believe that they're still figuring well, – that, that they're starting to figure out what they do well. A lot of offensive lines across the league right now to me are not just power, power, power. Like Philly's – offensive line that's almost an anomaly kind of to me in what the league is right now even if you look at the draft a lot of the offensive linemen that came out with our are athletic with strength so it's not this power power running down your throat football it's can you get out in space and get to the second level and engage and things like that and so that's why the blocking from the wide receivers is important but also I, we saw it in the second half of this game is that they made the adjustment because they were running up the middle and those things did open up a little bit too because I think Seattle's worn down but they attacked the edges mm -hmm. and that's what a lot of the best run games in the game do is that they get out in space. We've seen Seattle do it, not Seattle, San Fran do it all yesterday. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And so you're, I think also, too, is figuring out, they're figuring out what their identity is as an offensive line. I don't think this is, you do have some guys on there that can go power, but I don't think that's what this offensive line is right now. I think that they are get guys in space, allow these guys to kind of show off some of their athleticism, um, pulling and pinning, tosses, and some of the stuff that they're doing. So I will say, this interior does struggle in spots. Uh, Tyler Biotis, really dope dude, but sometimes he's laid off the snap. Sometimes mm -hmm. he's he's getting beat at, at the point of attack and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, how do we counter that? How do we help these guys out? And it's getting them out in space and the misdirection and some of that stuff as well. So I, what the offensive line is to me right now, I think they can improve with the communication. But as far as I think right now, I think I have a big enough sample size to know this is an athletic offensive line. Mm -hmm. Let's lean into to that and when you have to go power then you can bring a Lipke in as they've been doing you mm -hmm. can bring mm -hmm. some of those extra blockers in and stuff like that let's try to get to the second level attack the edges because a lot of DNs can't can't get off blocks mm -hmm. and let's do it there so long answer but I do I, that was something I really saw in this game and I said okay because we have the sample size as you're talking about Jess is like we've been wa waiting for a while this is what they are let's play to their strengths and see what we can do from there yeah, I, I'm 100%. I would to uh, consistency in the run game. Mm -hmm. Consistency in the run game. Yeah. <laughs> she said. Yeah. Period. I'm not going to say all yeah. that. Consistency. No, 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 no it's true. exactly what you say. Yes. Yeah. Because the, you know, in the previous years, the identity of this team was the ability to impose the will Imp in terms of running the ball. That. Say that. And they're not to that 
point. Right now, if you say what's the identity of the team, it's Dak to CD, CD and yeah, then you've got, yeah. you know, it's it's throwing the ball downfield. It's it's the big plays Aerial and attack, it's these yeah. yeah. And um and that's that's great. You know, that's the way the league is now. And so that's wonderful. But there are still gonna be times, particularly at the end of the season, December and playoff football, where you have to be able to run it when you gotta run it. Say it. Yeah. You want to talk about a measuring stick game for the run? This is it right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. This is the game because if you go back and you watch the Philly game and the San Fran game that we just saw, we all were watching it. The one thing that I saw that was the Achilles heel was how the Eagles cannot defend the run. Mm. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, if I'm Tony Pollard, if I'm Rico Dowdle, I am licking my chops watching this game right now mm-hmm. because this is the game to establish that you can also be a run threat yeah. in <clears throat> the NFC East at very most, right, because of what this game means. But this is the measuring stick of how strong it is because you were a little worried about the Seahawks game and, and um, specifically how much production yeah, 34 attempts, 136 rushing yards in that game. Not only that, Tony Pollard is coming off of three straight weeks of having touchdowns. You'd like to see Rico Dowdle mm-hmm. a little bit more in the red zone, but you talk about the red zone success that this team has been having. You add that factor, the rush factor, into the red zone, you're going to continue mm-hmm. to be productive, and I think that is one of the main things going into this game is we always talk about the three and outs. Preferably not doing it in the first drive. But if you can continue to win that time of possession in this matchup against the Eagles, you can continue to utilize your run threat in the red zone, you're going to get those necessary points on the board. You're going to get ahead. And look what happens when you get ahead of the Eagles. They could not catch up, and they were literally running, trying Mm -hmm. to run for that lead again. Um, You said that this is the game to really try to establish the run. Well, they tried to in the first matchup against the Eagles, but then they went away from that. So it's more about, I guess, and I agree with you, I'm just saying it's more about sticking with it rather than um, kind of bailing away from it. I think that'll kind of be important as well. Yeah, it goes to the point of the consistency. And 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 it's it's also the situation within the game as well. You know, if you fall behind, then, you know, generally you're going to have to Mm -hmm. run more than pass. So. I mean, back to what I was saying before in regards to uh, attack the edges. Mm-hmm. It's it because that's it's again too. When you go back to the game against Philly, they do got some some hams in the middle of that defense mm-hmm. with Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Davis, Fletcher yeah. Cox filling in. Like they they got some guys yeah, that can stop the run in the end. It's their strength. So mm-hmm. why would you run at it? Go at those guys. Um, is it? Uh, it's uh, Red, jo- Reddick and Reddick and, and Sweat. Josh Sweat. Yeah, yeah and Josh Sweat. <clears throat> These guys are. I think I think Reddick can give you some it's something in run defense, but he's a bit undersized. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that. Um, these guys are upfield, get to the quarterback type guys. So yes, you can attack the edges. They're linebackers. We synced it. Yeah. Synced enough of it. They can't. They're not sideline to sideline guys. So when you talk about the run game, then you play the matchup game. Where are, mm-hmm. where's the favorable matchup? Okay, it's on the outside. So to your point, that was a fantastic point. I also that is the only thing too. When you, you asked about the offensive mm-hmm. line, what is what is something that you that I think they can improve the red zone mm-hmm. run game mm-hmm. for sure. Because that sure. right now teams are daring you to uh, pass the ball. Like they are because they're dropping in coverage. It's already tighter down there. Um, the wide receivers are getting open and figuring some things out. But at the same time, if they could add a consistent run game 
um, down there when it's where it's effective. It's in a lot of its execution too. True, it yeah. is. True, it's a lot of its execution. <laughs> when you go back and watch it, it's not necessarily the play calling and everything. It's no, you have to execute this play, and this is some of the issues with it. Yeah. And guys holding blocks. I, I mean, the the I mean, Terrence Steele had the hold um, down there in the red zone, and that yeah. was a big opportunity in this game for the Cowboys to go score. Dak uh, ran in on the touchdown. It was a it was a dope design. Play broke down or whatever, and Terrence has this hold that's unnecessary. The penalties down there on the offensive line Mm -hmm. have been killer, but also to there needs to be better execution down there from this offensive line. Again, we talk about the power Maybe you're not power. Okay, well then they're doing some screen. There's that's what I think that's why they started doing mm-hmm. some screen passes yes. yeah. and stuff down there yeah. too. So, but that lack of power right there, it feels like it matters. Like when you're at the two, you're at the three. You should be able to punch that right. thing in. So I do need this offensive line to to pick yeah. it up there and be able to figure out how to punch it in and get into the end zone when they're that close because it, it it should be that way. Do you bring in some extra protection like a tight end, maybe like a Jake? Ferguson? They do. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like more. They, Often, well, the, the fact something? the fact that they're having to do that is not yeah. good. It's not yeah. okay, yeah. especially with the light boxes that they are seeing. <laughs> yeah. There's people are not crowding the line like that on them. They're dropping six people into coverage because it's the red zone, and they mm-hmm. know your passing threat is yep. there. So make them pay. True. So to your point, that might be important this game to make to to make them pay for dropping a million people in coverage, showing that, putting that on film. So mm-hmm. then when you start getting into the playoffs, mm-hmm. people are like, well, maybe we can't just drop six in coverage. Maybe we need to um, crowd the line a little mm-hmm. bit to, to stress them a little bit. So that's probably my only gripe from them is like in between the 20s, they're really they're stout. <laughs> yeah. But once they get into that red zone, you be sitting there like, yeah, what's good? It's Now, I I love what you said about when you get into the playoffs because McCarthy said something today about this tough schedule coming up in December. He says these are opportunity for – this is an opportunity for playoff-type games without playoff consequences, meaning you lose and you're done. An opportunity for playoff-type games. And, of course, he's talking to the quality of the competition coming up with Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami – uh, and then, uh, of course, Detroit, and then at the end of the year, um, the Commanders, who are on the outside looking in. But still, yeah. if if you have to win a game on the road against a division opponent well, to yeah. get in. Well, and not only that, know. but let's look in terms a little bit ahead of, okay, <laughs> so say the Cowboys beat Philadelphia this weekend. You're talking they take over the NFC East. However, it's really up to the Eagles what happens at this point. Yes. Because the Eagles mm-hmm. – should and I hate saying this, they should win out. If the rest Seattle, of their schedule. If Seattle a, play us like they played they us, they have yeah. an easy. The they have a pretty easy schedule compared to what the Cowboys have. Fair, yes. absolutely. They should win out. It, it's well, they like, just went through likely. their little difficult part of the schedule. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. likely mm-hmm. that they should win out. However, however, say in the multiverse that they don't. This win obviously will play dividends, and then you talk about the Commanders, which yeah, they're on the outside looking in. It's still a division game that you right. need to win at that point, depending on what the Eagles do. So, playing every game and winning out for the Cowboys is vital in case the Eagles decide to drop the other shoe at some point and they don't win out the rest of the season because that could mean big things for the Cowboys. But um, not, I'm just saying, looking ahead, yes. they need to win. They yeah. need to win. Nah, y'all, y'all going to laugh at me because I'm telling you, <laughs> I seen that we played the Commanders on Thanksgiving, and I've been sitting up here like, 
when did we play them before? Like, do we play them again? Like, I've been yeah. Yeah. at the end of the year, January. It's the last game. January. Because, mm-hmm. baby, there. let Up me there. tell you, I, I, was, I thought the Lions game was it. My brain, y'all. I'm no, sorry. No, the, last, the, last, the last home game is Detroit, and then yeah. uh, in first week of uh, January, the final regular season game is up in Washington. I'm telling yeah. y'all, I was like, it's okay. But you know what? Sometimes teams be haters. Sometimes teams, <laughs> no, we've seen yeah, it. They yeah. play spoiled. Yeah, they're the spoilers. They're the spoiler, especially when they know they're not making it into oh, the playoffs. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now. Also, they want good tape. Hello. If yeah. Seattle right. plays Philly how they played the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like, yeah, it's just a shoe. We gave them some confidence. We we gave them the confidence right. that they needed to be like to, right. you know, remember? Yeah. But yeah, we did. We did. We gave them 35 points. The, I, I three, think what three it three is, they took 35 points. No, yeah, they, they, <laughs> it, they it, took 35. It gave points. them hope that they can play good teams and have a chance at winning. That's they're a good team. Yeah. They they're are. A good team. They're such an underrated yeah. team. They're physical. Oh my goodness, Extremely. they're so mm-hmm. physical. I was. I guess I wasn't expecting that level of physicality. I watched some of their games, and I was like, oh, yeah, they're pretty physical. When I think of physical team, I think the 49ers, honestly. But that's, that's where this, my mind goes. But the, the Seahawks, I was like, what is going that on? That tree, that that NFC West, that oh. tree of teams, they all have, like, they have similarities in how they run their offenses. But also, too, their defenses kind of have that similar feel. Mm-hmm. It's They definitely, all of them definitely got a little bit of each other in each other. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to talk defense right after the mm-hmm. break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season for youth, football, and dance camps presented by Invisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at dallascowboys.com slash camps. Sounds fun. Sounds cool. Some more camps? Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great holiday gift, and especially when you got, oh, what are we going to do with the kids while they're out of school? Or we have family coming into town. What can we do? Or you live 
close enough that you could do a little road trip to Dallas, and it's a it's awesome. So it's December 22nd and 23rd, one-day camps, and they're a lot of fun. So look, look forward to meeting all of you guys who come out to the one on December 22nd. Ooh, Ooh. there you go. Mm-hmm. Can you go tell Christy how much you listen to the podcast. There you go. I would appreciate that. <laughs> it's fun, I, and I, I do have to say I, it's really fun to be at AT&T Stadium or even on the road trips where we're walking into the hotel and people are like, hey, Girls Talk, Boys Talk, Boys Talk. Oh, that is Girls so Talk, cool. Boys Talk podcast. Podcast. Enjoy it. So, thank you to each of you who take time to come yeah. say hi. Yeah. You want to know what else was fun? Oh, what? here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> I see this, Mark. Watching the Cowboys defense with three straight fourth down stops. Oh, okay. yeah. That was really fun. You're Let's right. Go. Stepping up when they needed to. Stepping up when they needed to. This Cowboys defense <laughs> having a long night on uh, Thursday night. But it doesn't matter because they still held it down. Um, I want to start with this defensive line with Jonathan Hankins and Osa and D-Law. I mean, those guys, stopping the run was key and crucial for that win, mm-hmm. um, in that win. Um, how do you feel like our run defense has really, I guess, improved over the last couple of weeks? Just 72 yards rushing they gave up for the Seahawks. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm oh, like, no, 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 yeah, okay. this is fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Dang it, I wasn't, like, I wasn't ready yet. That's I'm why I was like, uh... No, you're good, you're good. I you mean, can start, we can, we can start somewhere else. No, no, it's totally okay, fine, it's totally bad. fine. No, no, I, I did, uh, I went back and watched the game again today, and I was just looking at Osa, um, and just how he's improved, and it's little stuff, like, and that's why they say that DTs are, they're kind of like the unsung heroes, because you don't see what they're doing, but, um... I, I think also had four stops um, yet last week, and I was just looking at him just hold two, hold um, double teams, and just it's just that little bit of time that allows your linebackers to come up and fill, um, or for your corners, whoever that are coming to to help out on the edges and stuff. And so watching him and just looking at his improvement was big. Jonathan Hankins is just he's, he he yeah. makes all the difference with his. It's really sometimes it's just his size. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just him yeah. like being out there and and. Um, and I was just I, – I think that they have improved, and I think the timing of it all has gotten better. I, I do do think that uh, Demarcus Lawrence is, is the difference maker here Absolutely. and just what he is – because it's not even, too, when you go back and watch the film, he's, he's moving guys around. He's telling them to move over. He's putting them in – sometimes mm-hmm. putting them in the right gaps. And, and typically you think of your linebackers being those guys, and that happens, but he's a guy that can, can do that himself. He's so intelligent. Dan Quinn talked about – how one thing he's shown him this year is his ability to make those plays in these crunch moments and sometimes you know because sometimes some of the things that he's doing it's a it's a risk it's a risk you know jumping gaps and some of the stuff he's doing but he's he trusts his film it lets you know how smart he is and how much he's in his film and that he trusts that he can make the play I mean some of the things he did against the run which is I mean he took over that that what the the first the second turnover on downs he took over that whole drive he did I mean just phenomenal play by him so to that point yes I do think the run defense has improved over this year but a lot that has to do with it is Osa improving and D-Law being that guy Mm because people don't want to go to him they don't want to run to his side they're going to try to attack the other side so he makes a difference kind of how Trayvon used to Mm -hmm. where you're like you don't even want to throw to that side he takes a part of the field away just can't be overstated how well he's playing. Yeah and his whole career and it's always when it's late in the game and you need the stop (laughs) 
Yep. It's D law. But I love I love just the fact that I think it was your question today of Dan yep. Quinn talking about Hankins, about right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no, because it was a lot of praise yeah. for Hankins today. No, I so here's the thing. I got to catch up with Jonathan Hankins today at the hospital visit. Mm-hmm. So went to a Scottish Rite Children's Hospital um, for the player visits and it was a fantastic morning. Um, but he was one of the guys there. And it's so funny because like you mentioned, Aisha, he's this big guy. And he was holding these little babies, taking pictures. He had his sunglasses on. And it, it was one of those things that I just got to thinking. So as soon as I got home, I started kind of re-watching some of the big plays. And then Hank stood out to me. He, he just stood out. So then I did some even more digging, and I realized you've seen Jonathan Hankins have a multi-sack game uh, against the Commanders. He had one against Seattle. Those are the first three sacks he's had of his career as a Dallas Cowboy, yep. even since last season. So I didn't realize that. So... My my main thing asking Dan Quinn uh, about him today was, you know, what what is the difference maker for him? And and Dan went on to say that he's had a full off season here mm. because he came in in the middle of the year last year, mm-hmm. so he had a full off season. And so Dan also gave him praise for just being that hard worker and that leader in the room. And I think again, this is something that we've known since last year. But to hear the praise Dan was giving him was so vital. And then I even asked him, "How do you how do you keep a veteran like that brushed up?" And then that's when he went into kind of the the trimester explanation that we've talked about uh, in terms of how they assess things. But no, it was uh, it, it's fantastic to see a guy like Jonathan Hankins have a, a, a surge in, in his game lately because it's come in clutch and. Uh, you don't want a big guy like that coming at you if you're an opposing quarterback. <laughs> Not at all. Right now. <laughs> he said that to me um, in the locker room, I don't know, several weeks ago. He was just saying, like, he's just more comfortable. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, I think that's maybe – I think when you look, think about a veteran and Jonathan Akins has played a lot of football, you think, okay, he's going to come in. He was kind of – he was plug and play last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's he's fine. But Dan Quinn mentioned today, he was like, you know, I'm, I'm figuring out what makes him tick. I'm figuring exactly. out what he yeah. likes to do. What he And I think we're starting to see some of that come to fruition. Yeah, I think this defensive line, what they allowed was 72, 72 yards, yards. Uh, on the ground, 3.3 yards a carry. Uh, Charbonnet is not an easy feat. He's not. And so I felt like, I, I, you know, obviously we talk about the running running quarterbacks and things like that I felt like they they contained pretty well for the most part I know Gino escaped up the middle for the touchdown and it hurt um but for the most part I think that they've done even better at containing mobile quarterbacks and that's been one of their Achilles heels for uh, quite some time now so yeah like Jess said we're gonna get to we we're gonna find out yeah uh, but the the other thing, what you say about mm-hmm. with Dan Quinn, it's the coaches learning the players as well. So yes. I'm glad yes. that you both mentioned that. Yeah. And something Schottenheimer talking about Cavante mm-hmm. Turpin, right? Yep. Cavert, Cavante Turpin too. having a full off season, but you know you you when player personnel consults the coaches about should we acquire this player, whether it's a Shaquille Leonard uh, who becomes available in free agency because he's been released, or are you going to make the trade for Hankins? Well, they can only look at film of that player in that particular system that the player is in. So Hankins with the Raiders. Well, that's different than what Quinn tries to do with the Cowboys or how he's going to work into the rotation and complement the skills of the other uh, defensive linemen uh, that he's on the line with as part of that particular rotation. So, um, 
um, you know, it's it's a two way street, I guess, is what we're trying to yep. say. Not just the the player learning it, but the the coach learning the player. Shout out yeah. to Dan Quinn. Yeah. Shout out to all the coordinators yeah. and coaches. I mean, like you said, um, learning their personnel and what uh, their players do well. Uh, but we got we got to switch to the secondary. Um, Deron Bland, of course, having a rough night, but he. I want to say in the words of me, thugged it out and bounced back. <laughs> uh, bounced back with his eighth interception of the season. Um, Stephon Gilmore having a pretty solid day. What, what, how would y'all assess the secondary um, Thursday night against the Seahawks? Yeah, I think Gilmore was an unsung hero on yeah. Thursday yeah. night, being able to to switch and uh, take mm-hmm. take uh, Metcalf, who yeah. had such a great game and uh, got the best of Duran, uh, particularly in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a tough night for Duran, but I think that uh, what we know of the young man and his hard work, his humility, um, his dedication, I, I think that he's, you don't have to worry about him mm-hmm. not being able to bounce back. Yeah, Anything but bland, still. <laughs> Period. And I say that because Dan Quinn went. So the way Dan Quinn does his press conferences is he goes in there and he gives a little speech before he opens up for questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, the biggest part of his speech and the biggest message today was about resilience and the resilience that um, the defense showed and and uh, saying that he obviously there's a lot of things he was not happy with in this game, but that the unit was resilient. He was answering multiple questions about Duran Bland today, but at one point he answered a question again about Duran, and he said, everything I said about resilience at the beginning of this press conference, you could say about yeah. Duran Bland altogether. And uh, similarly to what was said last week about this is, you know, it, it's, the, it's how he bounces back that defines him as a player. It's not necessarily he had a bad game. Because you're going to. At at the Mm -hmm. cornerback position, you're going to have those tough matchups. And DK Metcalf is a tough matchup for even the most veteran of players. Deron Bland's still young, second-year player. It's expected that there's going to be those matchups. He can be as great as he can be. There's going to be those matchups sometimes. And that's just the nature of the cornerback position. And, you know, Dan even talked about that, saying that that's essentially the most looked at position on the defensive side of the ball and so yeah he's going to get scrutinized a little bit more uh because he didn't have a great game and you know you go from breaking nfl history to a not so good game but what i liked about dan quinn today is um i I mean i like dan quinn every day but what i liked about his response um is that he was asked you know did you have that conversation with duran about maybe not having a good day after he's had this run and he said not necessarily that conversation but it was brought up to Mm -hmm. say hey not every day is going to be your day, and it's how you bounce back. And so to see that Duran even took that at his lowest moment, which you could call his lowest moment, was it? It was probably yeah. his his worst game in mm-hmm. the first half there. And to bounce back and still get the only interception in that game tells you everything you need to know about Duran Bland being anything but Bland. We'll die on that hill. Now, <laughs> now when he do y'all have any concern at all? And you can say no, yes. Uh, on if he is lined up with a faster, stronger, bigger receiver, do you feel like he has kind of taken that game, the Seahawks game, uh, matched up against DK Metcalf as like alert a lesson? Or I mean, what's what's kind of your well, thoughts? AJ there? Brown is a lot yeah. physically a lot yeah. like DK. Yeah, but there's not that many people in this. I mean, there's not that many people who exist like a DK yeah. Metcalf mm-hmm. and are like because I don't think AJ Brown even has that 
that nastiness mm-hmm. to him as a DK Metcalf. He's just built a little different. And yeah. so, um, I mean, when you look at Deron Bland, I, he had he's given up four touchdowns this year, two in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, to your point, Christy, yeah, I think Stephon Gilmore was kind of a savior because after the half, uh, DK Metcalf had two receptions for 16 yards. Yeah, um, I believe he still had the TD, but that was some miscommunication from mm-hmm. the safeties. So yeah. I, that's where I wanted to go. Listen, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it real buck with you. Um, this safety room has not performed up to expectations, mm. and. I'm I'm disappointed because I clearly I felt like they were they were gonna come out and and be fiery how they have but you're lacking the the energy and the the run support I mean the, I remember I mean even last year you see the, and I understand Donovan's dealing with the he had the calf and he's coming back from that but that explosiveness and him and how much he knifed through in the run game and the plays um, in the backfield and the blitzing and stuff you miss that. You yeah. miss that right now. You miss J. Ron Curse in coverage. He's can beat a lot. Yeah. He is. It's disappointing. Like, and again, he's not giving up touchdowns like that, but the yardage in between that, it matters mm-hmm. right now. Um, Malik Hooker, he's quiet. I talked about him a few weeks ago. Like, he's not someone that you're just like, oh my God. But when they take him out of that single high safety and they put somebody else back there, you're not getting the coverage that you need. And so Again, we talked about the coaches learning their players, seeing where their players are, self-scouting. That needs Maybe that needs to be done right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can see a little bit more Wanye and stuff situationally. Maybe, like, in this, again, this is just no knock to these gentlemen, but I can't ignore what I see on film, and I'm not going to ignore what I see on film consistently. And so there are some coverage things with this secondary, particularly the safety position. The safety position is supposed to give the corner security. Mm-hmm. And since some of these plays, you can tell that the corner is looking for that safety to be in position and they're not mm. and these big explosive plays that are happening are the are the detriment of this defense right now and also too, the, the obviously the penalties are huge too they were untimely the pass interference the jumping off sides and stuff like that if you knocked all that out this defense has a great game mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and again we know that the officiating crew was like i said they my mom on tv <laughs> but these safeties have to be better yeah and they they have to contribute more. And again, if if they can't, because you're going to go up against secondary, this might be this might have been your the best receiving core. I think you're going to see maybe for a minute. Uh, Philly got a got a gauntlet coming oh, this yeah. way. But the way it was a lot of the play design and stuff too that I'm talking about as mm-hmm. far as their offense, Seattle and how they do things, might be one of the toughest che- uh, toughest tests you've had. Uh, quick weeks, all that stuff. I get guys' legs are heavy, but I'm talking about assignments mm. and playing them well. So this safety room, to me, in this secondary, they're going to have to play better um, moving forward and, and, and do what they need to do because they've been better than this. I believe they're better than this, and, and you're going to need them down the stretch. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm off my box. No, no, Don, Donovan Wilson's entire career, when there was a takeaway, usually he was in the middle of it, he had, and, it, he and had that hasn't been the case this year. year. That seven hasn't sacks? been the case this year. I also he, think he that makes a lot of he had had made a lot of catalytic plays coming into this season. I'm not trying to make excuses, but yeah, but um, we talked about the offensive line having to play catch up essentially mm-hmm. because of the lack of training camp. Toronto didn't have any training camp. Absolutely fair. Right. He's dealing with a right. calf issue. There mm-hmm. was no training camp, so he's on a different progression than the rest of the safety room. I can't tell you what the what the deal is with J. Ron. I can't tell you about Malik, but I can say in terms of Donovan Wilson, he's on a different progression, and but so I, I think I think that yeah. makes For the sure. difference in what you're seeing from this year to last year. Well, I 
That's the I dog. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, but but it's week thirteen. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So. We don't. And, 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 and J-Ron has missed time with a back and a toe, so, but everybody's dealing with the same stuff at this point in the season. There you go. All right, we're going to take our second break. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys oh. Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. I didn't even know. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. electrifying event of the holiday season Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 16th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information. Alright ladies, we went a little over in that second vlog, but just real quick, if you want to see more improvement from one group um, on this team. Who is it? Well, I'm gonna guess you're a secondary. <laughs> safety. Safety. That's my yeah, that's my safety room. Absolutely. All right. For me. Mm, I'm gonna say oh, Christy go first. Yeah. Safety. Mm. Oh man, I was yeah, sorry. Go, I was sorry that was so quick. Sorry that was so quick. I'm saying tight ends uh, it, because you're seeing yeah. enough from Jake Ferguson, but I want to see a little bit more from Luke. And, 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 will, and will Peyton and Hendershot we'll pay, yeah. be back on the 53 man this week? Hello. I'm gonna know. say I'm gonna say running backs and not necessarily them, but the play calling to include them a little bit more. There you go. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. And we pow. got a special guest coming on the show tomorrow, guys. <laughs> yay! Who wants to go ahead and and, and spoil One, it? One, yay! Yeah. Thomas. <laughs> He's decided to join the craziness yes. for tomorrow's episode. Yeah, yes. we can't wait to have him. Yes. So it's going to be a good time. Tune yep. in tomorrow, 4 p.m., Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see y'all tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?